Hey, quick note before the podcast. We're testing out some video content. So make sure you search Joe Momo Presents on YouTube or go to the link in the description. Let me know what you guys think. All right, take care. Bye. Hey, what's up, podcast family? This week I talked to Kevin Dahl. Kevin is the co-founder at EveryWork and advisor at Platform Calgary. His background is peppered with senior roles in community building, ecosystem development, marketing, business development, sales, and HR. Kevin has expertise in several industries, including mobile payments, hospitality tech, telecommunications, music, and tech incubation. On the podcast, we talk about the do's and don'ts of entrepreneurship, the future of Calgary's startup ecosystem, common myths and misconceptions about building a business, and much, much more. Remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You get awesome local leaders and entrepreneur stories each week, jam-packed with their unique insights. Leave me feedback at joe at codesta.io on some of the stories or questions you want to hear. I read them all after the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, obviously, you're big into the entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem here in Calgary. Um, you're actually a co-founder yourself uh, with EveryWork. Um, but before we jump into all that, perhaps uh, give us a little backstory of who you are and uh, what you're up to. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a, a former um, Saski. Uh, I'm born and raised in Saskatchewan. Uh, I moved out here about three and a half years after graduating from the U of S. Uh, that three and a half years after graduating, I jumped right into a startup in Saskatoon uh, and then made my way west uh, after things wrapped up there. Basically, um, you know, in terms of my, my, my roles, I've always kind of been in and around the entrepreneur ecosystem, either as a founder or as a, a supporter uh, or like working with a community organization. And, um, and, and yeah, you know, I guess in terms of companies, um, you know, I, I, here in Calgary, uh, I've, uh, you know, most recently, uh, I have my own startup every work, uh, prior to that, I, I worked for an organization called robots and pencils, uh, where we were building apps and, and technologies for you know, fortune 500 companies. Uh, prior to that worked, you know, a company called Ethor it was a startup, uh, worked with Gary and, and the team there for several years. And, um, and I guess, yeah, my, my current role, like I said, I'm a co-founder of EveryWork, but due to COVID, that's kind of on pause right now. Uh, but I am sort of my full-time day job uh, working with an organization called Platform Calgary, where I'm an advisor. And uh, what we do there is work with the startup community here in Calgary to help grow it, help work with founders, and to, uh, you know, I guess the, the, the big, hairy, audacious goal or the BHAG is really to... Um, to help grow the community and diversify the economy here in Calgary. That's awesome. I'll just quickly step back. Um, you mentioned you joined a startup right after graduating U of S. Um, have you always had a knack for entrepreneurship growing as a kid? Uh, were you the type to sell lemonade at lemonade stands and um, all that? Or how did you kind of get into the entrepreneurship uh, space? Yeah, you know, my, it's funny because my parents are, are not entrepreneurs. 
Um, you know, my mom was a hairdresser. My dad worked in auto body, and they kind of had, you know, very few job changes throughout, you know, my my childhood. Um, so I don't know where I got it, but I was that kid. You know, me and my brothers would have, you know, lemonade stands. Uh, I got my first paper route when I was twelve. And, uh, you know, I kind of got that itch, you know, from somewhere, I don't know where, but it started out early. And yeah, when I was going through university, I you know, was looking, you know, at that time, a lot of the people I was going to school with were getting jobs for big accounting firms or big you know, financial firms here in Calgary and moving away from Saskatoon. And I, I just didn't want any of that. Um, I had a friend who his dad had started a, a tech startup. Uh, building software for the restaurant industry. And I was like, you know what, that sounds really cool. I kind of like that. Let's, uh, let's try that out. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where I, I jumped right in and um, haven't really looked back. I, I've worked in some organizations, like while I was in university, I did work for the Bank of Nova Scotia for, for a while, but I, I always knew like that wasn't, that I, I could have went right in and, and gotten a job with the bank. I'd been there for a couple of years while I was in, in university. But to me, it's just, I've always been drawn towards, you know, doing something where I'm kind of more in control of my own destiny. Absolutely. And you being part of Platform Calgary, um, I love that. Um, your, your, the organization in, in, in general, I guess, uh, is putting more uh, lights on the entrepreneurship community here in Calgary. I, I feel like we have a sneaky, vibrant uh entrepreneurship uh, space here in Calgary. And it's awesome that uh, the organization is kind of putting a light on that. Yeah. You know, I, I do agree with you, like kind of in the, we've got this small but mighty community that's been growing and more and more, you know, I think we just need to, to shine the light on it. I think there's a lot of, you know, Albertans who are in the tech community who kind of know about it. They're, I, I usually, I describe it as like they're inside the bubble. Um, but the challenge is if you're not inside the bubble, you, you might not even know the bubble exists. And so I think through a variety of the different things that we're doing at Platform, we're helping to expose that to, you know, Calgarians and Albertans in general and, um, you know, showing people that, hey, there is a community here and there's a lot of supports. It's not just Platform. There's a ton of other support organizations for entrepreneurs, for founders. And, you know, given, given some of the economic you know, situation that we've been going through plus COVID, you know, those, those entrepreneurs who have always had a job maybe are now thinking, hey, you know, I've, I've been laid off for the last little while. Maybe it's time to start my own thing. And if, if we can help them find the community and connect with the community, then I think we're, we're doing something really important. Absolutely. Speaking of COVID, um, I wanted to ask you, Kevin, what's kind of been the most challenging part of this whole uh, quote unquote new normal uh, for you personally? Well, I'm uh, I'm a very sort of social guy, um, I, and I really enjoyed and throughout my career, kind of I, I really loved meeting new people and, and socializing. I wouldn't say I'm like a power networker. I'm not one of those people that just loves to bounce around and you know at the end of the night I've got a hundred new business cards of people I've met. But I, I just enjoy you know meeting people and, and understanding a little bit more about them, what they're up to, hearing about their business or their idea or, or whatever it may be. And I think for me, that's been really tough um, with COVID is not being able to do that. Um, you know, there's a, a group a organization called Startup Calgary here in town, and they do startup drinks once a month. I used to love going there. You know, it's casual. You can grab a pint and, you know, just meet people. And, and that's, that's really hard to replicate virtually. 
you know, we, we tried at platform and I think we, you know, we got people together and, and had some conversations, but it's just, it's not the same as, you know, meeting someone in person. Absolutely. It's almost uh, that zoom fatigue. is not going to be the same as meeting face to face. It's real. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've, I'm, I'm sure you've been in contact with many uh, entrepreneurs and uh, startup businesses here in Calgary. Uh, not to put you on the spot, Kevin, but uh, I'm curious, what's kind of your favorites or even um, one that's really impressed you? It could be a startup or it could be an entre- entrepreneur in general. Oh, uh, an individual. I have to pick somebody, do I? <laughs> um, no, you know, it, it, and I don't, I'm not just saying this, um, but it, it really is tough because there's so much, so many really cool things happening. Um, you know, I, I guess you know, one of the things that, or I guess one of the organizations or groups of people that, that I would point out um, that I think are really doing game-changing things here in town uh, are the, the, the people behind Thin Air Labs. Um, so there's, you know, kind of the three main guys, Jim, James, and Greg. Um, but really, you know, there's, there's a whole team behind them as well. Uh, but what they're doing is they're really looking at, you know, the everything that's happening in, in society, in the tech sector, in, you know, the, the energy and traditional sectors and saying, you know, how can we re reimagine or re-envision what society is and, and how can we make it, you know, more regenerative and, you know, more you know, better for society in general. Um, and so people like Jim Gibson um, have written some, some fantastic, uh, you know, articles and, and Jim actually wrote a book about, you know, tip of the spear and, and you know, how to, how we as society can adapt to these changes uh, that are being brought about by, by technology and, and not just adapt, but thrive and, and be better. And so I really, you know, in terms of, you know, just people that I admire and people that are, are really thinking big and thinking about how we can, you know, make this place better for future generations. Uh, I, I really respect what those guys are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to get your perspective, Kevin. What's, uh, you, you mentioned you moved uh, from U of S uh, three, three and a half years uh, from graduating to Calgary. Um, but how has Calgary changed from your perspective uh, from when you first uh, got here to where it is today? Yeah, well, that was, uh, you know, not to date myself, but I, I've been here in Calgary now for about 15 years. So um, you can do the math and figure out uh, how long ago it was when I moved here. Um, you know, when I first moved here, the first couple of years, I didn't tap into the, the tech scene in Calgary. I had been part of it, you know, the tech startup scene in, in Saskatoon. But when I came here, it was all about, you know, just trying to figure out a, a new path and, and make some connections and build my network. I eventually did connect with the community uh, a couple of years after I got here. And, you know, I think the, you know, the biggest things that I would say that have changed is really, you know, the community itself it's grown, but not that much. Like we're not talking like 10 or 20 or a hundred times what it was, you know, 13 years ago. Um, it, it definitely has grown a little bit, but um, I think the the big thing that has changed is around like the community itself. So uh, like I said, we haven't grown that much. So it's not that the community has quadrupled in size or anything like that, but the community used to be a lot more, you know, stay off my turf, I'm doing my thing over here, you do your thing over there, and we'll all just coexist. Um, Whereas now the community really comes together, works together, we rally around successes. um, And that's, you know, both companies, 
and organizations like Platform that support, you know, founders and startups. So, you know, getting away from this mindset uh, of scarcity to this mindset of abundance and how, how can we all come together to support startups uh, in Calgary? I think that has really changed. And then I think the other the other big thing that I've noticed uh, is just inclusivity and the inclusiveness of the community. You know, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, I'm I'm a middle aged white guy, but you know, 10, 15 years ago, the whole startup community was middle aged white guys. Um, and so that, you know, has changed quite a bit now. I mean, we, we still have a long way to go. I mean, we're not by no means can we like check a box to say that we're perfectly inclusive. But I think definitely now the community and, and people in it recognize the need for, you know, gender equality. We recognize the need to create and eliminate barriers for some of the underrepresented, you know, founder groups, whether it's ethnicity or LGBTQ or, or whatever it may be. There's just much more openness and a lot more people actively talking about, you know, how can we engage the Indigenous community more in the startup space? Or how can we make sure that we, we you know, the, the group, there's a group called the 51 um, that's really focused on on women in tech. And, you know, how can we make sure that, you know, those 51% of, of, of the world of humans actually are represented 51% of the tech companies? Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot more of that, which is really amazing to see because, you know, the old days of, middle-aged white guys running you know, the tech industry, I think is, is something that we need to put as much distance uh, as we can in the past. Right. No, and, I, and I love that, Kevin. I think diversity in tech uh, is something that uh, everybody's kind of facing with uh, all geogra- geographies. And I think, uh, especially here, I think it's awesome that we're getting more inclusion and, like you mentioned, uh, with all the underrepresented groups. Um, I quickly want to switch gears. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, obviously, you've um, had a pretty successful career uh, thus far. So, um, And we have lots of entrepreneurs listening, aspiring entrepreneurs as well. Uh, but what's maybe one thing that you wish you would have known when you first began uh, kind of your path and journey? Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that before, before our conversation here today because um, – you know, there's obviously a million things that you wish you knew that you could go back and redo uh, with what you know now. But, um, you know, it kind of, you know, very topical. Uh, I, I'm in a, uh, a Lean Stack uh, workshop here this week. Uh, Ash Maura is uh, uh, running that. And, you know, it's all about Lean Startup methodology or the entrepreneur method, um, talking to customers, trying to avoid building things that nobody wants. And, you know, I was thinking about this um, this morning that, you know, I really wish if I could go back to the beginning, that very first startup that I jumped into after university, if I could have this, if the Lean Stack program or, you know, some of the, the Lean Startup things, the work that Steve Blank and, and others have done, if I would have had that knowledge back when I first started out, all oh, the money I could have saved building <laughs> products that nobody wanted. Um, so, you know, that's the one thing I, I wish that, you know, and I think for any aspiring entrepreneurs, um, this, this innovator's mindset and really, you know, embracing lean approaches to innovation. Um, I, I just I think of where, where I could have been in my career had I been working in this space or, or if this sort of thinking existed 15, 20 years ago, which it didn't. It's only really been around for the last 10, uh, but you know, has only really become broadly adopted across kind of North America and the world in the last like five to 10 years. Mm, I love that. That's uh, lean 
lean startup approach, um, creating that MVP before you uh, uh, build out and scale up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Verify there's actually a problem worth solving. Right? It doesn't <laughs> matter if you can build the best tech out there. If the problem, if no one cares about it, then don't build it. And in several of the startups that I've been involved with over my career, we built stuff that we thought everybody wanted and it turned out they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> so I'm curious though, when you do have your MVP and I started to see some good data coming in, um, what would you say, Kevin, would be the t- point where you should start scaling up and really pushing that, uh, pushing that forward? Oh, that's a tricky one because I think it's it's different for every every type of company and and even you know just every every type of market or idea. Um, but you know, if I had to kind of generalize something, you know, I think the the I think Steve Blank actually has a quote. I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something along the lines of, you know, it's really difficult to describe product market fit, but you know it when you've got it. And and I think that it's when you know, when you start talking or when you've been talking to people and you start hearing the same, you know, big problem over and over again, and, you know, you're, you get to the point where you've, you know, been validating with some MVPs or some landing pages, and, you know, you can just tell that this is a problem. It's a top three problem for your customer. They know they have the problem. They're actively looking for solutions and they're not finding anything. And they're so excited to hear from you. That's when I think it's time, and, you know, maybe not scaling, but like to actually start building your product. And then as you continue, you know, testing and refining, uh, when people are basically willing to give you a credit card on just the promise of a solution to their problem, that's where you, you start finding that product market fit. And that's where, you know, people are, are basically begging you to, begging to give you money for your solution. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, one question I always always debate with my friends and uh, peers about is uh, about entrepreneurs and um, I guess the meaning of an entrepreneur and what makes an entrepreneur actually. And from from your perspective, Kevin, would you say entre- being an entrepreneur is something that's inherently in your DNA, or is it something that could be taught and learned, or how do you how do you see that? You know, I've, I've read a few different books on, you know, entrepreneurship and, and heard different perspectives on both sides. Um, I know for me, it's not something that I could ever turn off. So I think it must be part of my DNA somehow, um, because I don't think I could ever just, you know, hang up my entrepreneurial hat and say, okay, I'm just going to get a good job and, and just, you know, go work for somebody else for the rest of my life. I think that I, you know, I've, I've kind of tried that a couple of times not go work for somebody else, but even just work for a larger organization. And eventually I always find after it's usually around like three or four years is where, um, you know, I, I start finding myself looking out the window, daydreaming about, you know, a new idea or, you know, I've met somebody who had a new idea that I just can't stop thinking about that. I want to, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, we could scale that. We could do this. We could do that. Um, and so, you know, I think there is something to be said about it being part of someone's DNA. But with that said, I think that, you know, it's also, we can do you know, a lot of habits, like a lot of, we can train ourselves. Like I think people can, um, you know, learn entrepreneurship and learn to think like an entrepreneur. And that's when they may, they may realize they had something as part of their DNA that they just like an itch they hadn't scratched before. 
So, you know, I, I don't like saying, you know, you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. I, I, I don't subscribe to that. But I, I do, you know, subscribe to the fact that if you, I think what, to me, the way I define an entrepreneur is like, if, if you're somebody who looks at the existing status quo out in the world today and thinks, you know, it could be better, uh, I'm going to help make it better, or I'm going to be part of something that makes it better. That's like the fundamentals of, of being an entrepreneur is just seeing a better way or seeing a problem and saying, I, I want to figure that out. I want to solve that. Absolutely. I love that. Seeing a better way and having that itch to keep uh, solving problems and um, trying to uh, disrupt the status quo. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, but for you, uh, Kevin, what, what would you say is your unique skill uh, that's helped you become so successful? Ah, yeah, that's that's another tough one. Introspection is not one of my top skills. Maybe that's <laughs> the, that's not what you're asking, though. No, uh, you know, I think I, I don't know if I, this is a, a a typical or traditional definition of a skill, but I I think that adaptability is something that has led me to where I am today. Um, you know, I, I've never been a huge routine person, and, and like I said earlier. You know, if I'm doing the same sort of job or, or doing the same sort of role, even if it's in a startup, but if it's the same thing for too long, I start to, my mind starts to wander and I just start looking for something else. I love setting up, you know, new processes, figuring out the routine and then handing it off to someone who can then, you know, implement it and run and optimize that routine. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, I'd be lying if I said, you know, when I graduated or when I was in my, you know, last year of, of commerce, uh, that I thought, okay, you know, in, in 2020, I'm going to be, you know, be a co-founder of a company called EveryWork and, you know, also working for a support organization. I didn't have that sort of forward thinking or, or forward plan. I knew I, I liked entrepreneurship. I liked building things. And throughout my career, I, I've kind of, you know, adapted to new challenges and new opportunities that presented themselves. And so, so yeah, I, I think it's that adaptability and not being too hung up and saying, well, you know, I, I, I graduated with a commerce degree. So I, you know, I have to be an accountant or a finance major or, you know, marketing. Uh, you know, I went off and took this development of information systems major that was brand new and no one really knew where it would head, including myself. And, you know, here, here I am today. <laughs> no, it's funny that you mentioned adaptability because I also feel that. Um, that's a super important uh, trait to have as an entrepreneur or a founder or a business owner. Uh, you have to be able to pivot and adapt to navigating different circumstances. But I'm, I'm curious, what were some of the best resources along the way, Kevin, that's really helped you um, get to where you are today? I think I would have to say the, the two things that have really helped me get to where I am today are you know the, the my ability to you know I guess not ability but um, you know just like building a network um, you know early on I I got into a couple different groups uh, in that first startup that I joined in, in Saskatoon where you know I got to meet some of the other players in the community some of the support organizations uh, LinkedIn was was fairly new back when I was first getting going in my career. And so I just started, um, you know, connecting with people and, and listening, hearing their stories, talking to them about what I was up to. And, you know, I think that that network has, has really helped me, 
like I'm trying to think of the last time I actually applied for a job. It's been longer than I can remember. Um, because usually what I found is, you know, after the first few, few years of my career, um, it would be hearing about an opportunity through my network or, you know, uh, someone would reach out and say, Hey, Kevin, you know, I know XYZ company is looking for someone and, you know, I heard about the job and it sounds like something you might be interested in. Like that's happened to me multiple times in my career. So I think, you know, building that network and then also, you know, making sure that I, I keep an eye on my reputation as well. And, you know, if I, if I commit to doing something, I, I do it. Uh, and also trying to make sure that I'm, you know, being mindful of, you know, not doing anything that could be reputation damaging, um, you know, in, especially in this hyper-connected, you know, startup world that we live in, your reputation is everything. And if you, if you're out there doing things and, you know, burning bridges and just not, not being sort of a, a very, uh, you know, uh, stand-up person, it will get back to you. So I think that those have really helped me along the way. And, you know, another thing that kind of plays on those two is uh, I, I love using the term engineered serendipity instead of luck, because I, I feel like luck is, is too, you know, oh, it's too external. It just happens where I feel like a lot of luck is, is kind of engineered. I mean, being in the right place at the right time, you know, moving to, to Calgary at the time that I did, it seemed like a crazy idea because you know, things were just starting to blow up in Saskatchewan. Things were kind of, you know, there, there was the housing crunch here at the time when I moved up. And so, you know, it was like, well, is this the right time? Everyone else is moving back to Saskatoon. Maybe I should stay here. But something just felt right. And, you know, I, I made that leap and it, it's, you know, took me off on a whole new career path that I wouldn't have gone on if I, if I had a state in, in Saskatoon. Um, and, you know, along the way, engineered serendipity, you know, volunteering for certain community groups or volunteering uh, to be a mentor or a coach with, with other with startups and other founders. Um, those are things that, you know, have have opened up the door and, you know, not going into it saying I'm only doing this because I want something out of it, but really just, you know, giving first. And, and I think that brings you back to, you know, another community group in, in Calgary here, Rainforest, Alberta. Uh, and their whole, um, you know, social contract, which is based around, you know, giving first and, you know, good things will come. And I think that that really is true. So that's, um, you know, I, I look back on many career altering moments that I've had over the years. And most of them, you know, there was a there was an influence of something that I had uh, given in the past that I had no idea would come back in the future. Uh, but it did. And it, uh, it helped me get to where where I am today. Well, no, that's that's great. Uh, I really love the engineered serendipity. Um, you, you create your own luck. You can't just sit on the couch and hope to get something. So, yeah, I love that. You just got to execute. Definitely, yeah. For uh, entrepreneurship, uh, even maybe startup culture, I'm curious, Kevin, what's, what's maybe a common myth that you wish would be debunked? When, yeah, I, I think that for for myths that are out there, there's there's a few. Um, I think the biggest one is something that uh, we face a lot of here in Alberta, which is this kind of either or conversation when we're talking about like tech and startups versus traditional industry. Um, a lot of times, you know, especially when diversification is a word that's thrown around and has been a 
a hot topic in in the you know politics over the last few years. Um, it, it you know this myth of well if we if we divert resources whether it's funding or even just like organizational support to help diversify the economy it means that we're sacrificing the existing economy that we have in Alberta. And I really, I truly believe that that is a myth. I think that we can do both and we should do both. You know, it's not about, you know, saying, okay, the energy sector, we're just going to forget about them. And now all we're going to do is care about, you know, tech as an example. Like nobody's saying that. I think the, the myth is that we can't do both well. And I think that's been debunked in, in several other, you know, cities and, and states and even countries around the world where you can successfully diversify to to new you know economies and bring in new jobs and new skills uh, into your uh, society and, and not have to sacrifice the existing um, you know in, in energy industry or, or other industries that may be prevalent in your region uh, and I think that if you if you actually do both that's where the magic happens um, you know the term creative destruction gets thrown around quite a bit there's even creative destruction labs that has a chapter here in Calgary um, you know, where existing industries, um, they, they innovate, right? Like that's where, you know, we talked about earlier, when you look out as an entrepreneur, if you look at what's happening today, the status quo and see problems and say, I'm going to fix that. Well, if, if there is no industry looking at or in their own backyard saying, we want to fix these problems, how do you even come up with the ideas that can be the, the innovation game changers? So we, we need to support existing industries while we look at diversification and we need to be very strategic about, you know, making sure that we're doing that together. Absolutely. What's one question that I never get asked that you wish it would be asked, Kevin? <laughs> you, you gave me this question before the podcast today, and this is the one I struggled with. The most. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, like I get asked questions all the time. Um, you know, I, the only questions I could really think of that I wish people would ask me because I'd love to talk more about it is, you know, I wish more people would say like, Kevin, you know, what is it that you really love about old motorbikes? <laughs> tell, and tell me more about your old motorbike. <laughs> that's, that's one. Or, you know, Kevin, you know, what is your favorite crazy Elon Musk project or quote? Because, uh, you know, big fan of Elon Musk and his big thinking. Don't get asked that enough, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those, those are all that I could come up with. You know, I, I really, uh, you know, I guess I, I'm, I'm lucky and uh, get a chance to meet so many new people in my role at Platform and with EveryWork that, you know, people are asking me questions all the time. So I couldn't think of any, any uh, serious, uh, serious questions to <laughs> share today. Uh, that's, uh, it's always a trickier question, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that is a good question though. What is uh, your favorite Elon Musk uh project that he's working on that's one entrepreneur that you hear so much about these days and even their tesla stock is going bananas but uh yeah what's what's kind of um, your favorite aspects of what he's doing well you know i think i have to give a shout out to like the mission to mars obviously like colonizing another planet and there's nothing really bigger in in society today than uh, than trying to tackle that but I think, you know, in terms of my, my favorite uh, project, in terms of the, the way it could, could change lives, I'm really, really uh, excited about the, the whole Hyperloop concept and the fact that we're actually looking at, you know, potentially a, a Hyperloop that would connect Edmonton and Calgary. 
um, you know, there's, it, it's still a ways off. There's nothing, you know, concrete or, or decided, but I actually just read something. I think it came out yesterday or today that the, the provincial government has, uh, is on board to, you know, move to the next phase of proof of, con- it's proof of concept or just consultation. Uh, but they, they are considering, you know, the options and, you know, we talk about, you know, the tech sector and, and how can we, you know, you know, as Alberta, how can we diversify? How can we create this this next economy and create what's next here in the province? Uh, imagine if you could hop on a uh, a hyperloop with a, a fairly low price ticket and be in Edmonton in less time than it would take me, where I live in Rocky Ridge, to commute to downtown Calgary. Like, imagine the things we could do as a united province. And you know, stops obviously along the way in Red Deer and, and other towns. But you know, I'm thinking just with the two big cities that we have. Imagine all the smart minds, all the creative entrepreneurs, the, you know, designers, the engineers, the, the people who are, are building the, the cool new startups and, and building what's next. Imagine if we all of a sudden went from like these two disconnected cities of, you know, a million-ish people to being like pretty well connected. And now we're, you know, two million, two and a half million, but united. And we're sharing our strengths and we're able to, to build and, and grow together. I think that that could be a, a game changer that would, you know, impact future generations for for years and years to come, and, and kind of bring us from, you know, being a a province with two, you know, million plus cities, to being a united province with two and a half million people that are all kind of pulling in the same direction. I think it could be really cool. So that's my favorite Elon Musk project. Although he's not directly involved in Alberta. But just the whole hyperloop and the concept of uh, of that technology, um, you know, could really change, you know, the, the future of transportation and how we even think about a city building. Absolutely, no, I'd love because uh, I went to school in Edmonton, and uh, those three hours drives from Edmonton to Calgary was uh, brutal at best. But uh, it'd be awesome to have uh, something to jump on to cut it down by like ninety percent or something. Yeah, I mean, it's it, even the three and a half hours, it's close. Like, right, we're still, you know, we, the Platform Calgary, we do a ton of work with Edmonton. We have, there's an organization called the Innovation Corridor that's helping to to link and get us working together. But, you know, imagine just being able to, you know, have a, a friend or, or you meet a new company or, or a business and they're like, yeah, let's grab a coffee. Okay, well, where do you want to meet? Oh, well, I'm in Edmonton. Okay, you know, let's, uh, let's book it. I can be there in half an hour. You know, like, uh, you know, or, you know, throughout your day, you could actually do, you know, rip up to Edmonton, have two or three meetings, and then back in Calgary for meetings in the afternoon. You can't really do that with the three and a half hours. And it just makes it, you know, not feasible, but 30 minutes or 40 minutes downtown to downtown, that's, uh, that would really unite the two cities. We just have to figure out how we deal with like the flames Oilers and like, that, take, make sure we separate that or the, or the the stamps and the Eskimos, we got to figure out that as well, or whatever their new name is going to be. We need to, you know, figure out how to how to reconcile those differences. But in terms of um, you know startup community or even you know the other communities that we have uh, around um, you know culture, arts, uh, all of that. Imagine if we could work together as, as one 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 united um, you know group of people. That could be really cool. Absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day, we're all in this together, and having something to really unite us like that would be. Really awesome. <laughs> I only have a couple more questions for you here, for you here uh, Kevin. Um, I'm curious, what's something you're proud of that maybe we haven't touched on on the podcast today? 
something that I'm proud of. Hmm. You know, I think um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, do I talk about personal? Do I talk about business and work? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm really proud of, of the community in, in general here in Calgary uh, in terms of the startup and tech community. Uh, over the last few months and seeing what's happened with COVID, uh, I have seen uh, numerous entrepreneurs whose businesses were essentially just shut down due to COVID um, step up and create kind of peer support groups uh, working to, to help, you know, other entrepreneurs whose businesses weren't completely shut down. Um, we saw, you know, some Calgary startups basically offer their platform for free because they were helping, you know, they had retail solutions and they were trying to support retail businesses, you know, getting their products online and their business online. Um, and I've just, I've loved to see how so many people, you know, who are going through this, like, hey, all of a sudden my, my revenue went to zero. What do I do? Okay, well, you know, instead of getting angry and, and grumpy or just not talking, they're starting up, you know, support groups to help other entrepreneurs or they're volunteering their time now to help entrepreneurs whose businesses weren't completely killed by COVID, um, you know, continue and figure out a new path. So, you know, I just think, you know, as, as Calgary in general, I think COVID has brought our community together uh, and, and not just the, the tech and startup community, but also, you know, call like Main Street or, you know, like the retail uh, and just businesses in general looking to buy local and support local and help each other is something that um, if you'd have asked me, like, what would, how would, the, how would our community behave if there was a pandemic that shut down everything? Um, I would not have guessed that Calgary would have come together the way it had uh, or the way it has. And so that, that's something I, I'm, I can't say I, I have a huge hand in it. It's more of, you know, everybody was doing their part. But it, it made me really proud to be part of the community, to, to see some of the things that were happening and to be involved in some of the conversations that were happening where people were saying, like, how can we help? What can we do? Uh, and that was really cool to see. Absolutely. Not to second that too, Kevin. I think that was uh, pretty remarkable stuff. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, as we wrap up the podcast, um, I'm sure our listeners have lots of maybe follow-up questions or even want to connect with you online. But uh, where would be the best ways for our listeners to uh, connect with you online? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm on most of the socials, um, but the, the two best ones are probably uh, LinkedIn uh, or Twitter. And so on both those platforms, uh, I was lucky enough to just get the the Kevin Doll username on both of them. So pretty easy to find me there. <laughs> there are there are a couple other Kevin Dolls. Uh, interestingly enough, there was a Kevin Doll that played for the Flames years ago. Oh. Uh, when I first moved here few people kind of were looking at me funny when I met them for the first time and they're like, you played for the flames? Like, no, 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 no. Wrong Kevin Dahl, not me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, Twitter or LinkedIn would be the best places to connect. And, and yeah, I'm always, always happy to connect. And um, you know, whether it's with my platform hat on or just, you know, with my, you know, Kevin Dahl and the community hat on, I'm, I'm always, you know, interested in hearing, you know, what people are doing, especially entrepreneurs. Like I'm always willing to make time to have a conversation, hear what someone's up to, and then, you know, figure out, you know, through my network, if there's an organization or a program or someone specifically that can help them. Um, I'm always happy to make an introduction because entrepreneurs, we got to gotta look out for other entrepreneurs. Yeah. got to look out for each other, <laughs> but yeah, no, I really appreciate uh, you being on the podcast, Kevin. I'll, I'll 
link the uh, your profiles to the episode so our listeners could connect with you online. And uh, I just want to end the podcast with uh, you saying a question or a quote or a story to the audience. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't have a question for the audience, but, you know, I think the uh, the quote that I would throw out there, and I know this is any 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 Star Wars fans are going to laugh at me, but it's it's a Yoda quote, which is the do or do not, there is no try. You know, I really truly believe that, like as an entrepreneur or even just, you know, as somebody who's thinking about starting a business, you can sit on the sidelines, you can think about it, um, but until you actually take that step and you try something, you you really you can't do it halfway. You either have to jump in or stay on the sidelines and. Um, you know, there's a community here that's that's ready to jump in and support you uh, when you jump in. So, uh, so give it a try. 